Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulihil ameen. Rabbishrah li sadri, wa yassir li amri wahlul uqtata min lisani yafqahun qawli. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome all. You're listening to Hamza, Rahil and Shafiq. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Verbal Outpost, where we like to have an informal conversation about real topics. We'd also like you to take part to make sure you leave a comment or drop us an email on verbaloutpost at outlook.com and please share your thoughts. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I've taken the hot seat from Shafiq now. Um, welcome back to the Verbal Outpost on 107.6 FM and also available through uh, online as well if you're listening to our podcast. So we're back again. And do you know what? Let's just get straight into it. I thought I'd just explain a little bit about I remember back in the day when I was at secondary school and at college, and I remember reading about things like the slave trade, and you read about history, and you read about things like the Holocaust as well, and how upsetting it was and how tragic those events were. And I always wondered, I always had the question in the back of my head, how did that occur on a global scale? How, how could people get away with it? How could just everything permit that to happen and nobody came along and said, look, this is some barbaric backwards thing? It just always intrigued me as to how it was acceptable at a certain point in time, whereas it's not acceptable now. So it just always makes me wonder what things are we doing now that we think are acceptable, which in 100 years time, people will be calling us barbaric for the way that we behaved as a civilization, as a, as, as a people on a glo- global level. And it got me thinking about the whole Israel and Palestine situation. And I firmly believe in 100 years time, in history books, it will be peppered with um, things about how barbaric it was. And even just looking back to 30 years ago, South Africa, apartheid South Africa, so we were probably very young at that point, but how you had this distinctly two-tier system within the country. You had black people and you had white people. It just completely segregated in South Africa. And there were two legal systems that existed for different people. And I do firmly believe in 100 years' time, hopefully less, we'll look back and we'll see how the people in Palestine were treated unjustly and how unreasonable Israel behaved with them. And the question that I want to ask is, where do we fit into that? Okay, are we going to be on the side of those that stayed quiet? Are we going to, stay, are we going to be on the side of those who um, enabled it, allowed it to happen? Yeah, are we going to be those that actually justify Israel's behavior, the way they act? Or are we going to speak out against it or do something about it? Okay. And the truth is, I mean, today, the, yeah, I, I say 
ceasefire in yeah, speech bubbles. Yeah, it, it was announced today, whatever that means. And a lot of people have already discussed this. So I thought we'd just take a moment to have a look back at the past few months and actually possibly the past few years and just get a better understanding of what's happening and what lessons we should take forward, continue taking. So I'll just throw it out to you two guys because I'm probably going to be doing quite a lot of talking. Um, I've got a fair bit of data and stats that I want to go through and there's three main po points I want to drive home. But let me just ask you guys, um, ceasefires happen today, okay, whatever that means, but what lessons do you guys think we can take away moving forward? I think for me, you know, especially with the um, Palestine and Israel situation, uh, the term ceasefire should be taken with a grain of salt. Um, I mean, it hasn't resolved the overall conflict, so it's not the end solution, is it? Um, uh, the conflict has been going on for, for, for decades. And, you know, was it a couple of years ago, last year, maybe, not maybe not last year, but a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago before that, same thing as you know, same or similar thing has happened, where there's you know people call it a a, a war, uh, civil outbreak, whatever you want to call it. it. It happens time and time again. So clearly, what has been happening and what is happening now isn't the real solution. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say what I think is the real solution, because I, I don't think I'm qualified or knowledgeable enough to give that to to the public, but what we have been doing or seeing from these uh i'm, I'm, I'm calling entities i don't think it's the real solution as it were um yeah i mean as raheel mentioned as well is that every few years you hear you know there's been a ceasefire of some sort after um some um well as the media call it some war between two uh countries or two people um but it's not quite the case i find it quite difficult especially with the sort of major media outlets sort of believing everything they say is happening over there it's quite difficult making sure that the source of information that you get is sort of the truth and i think what is visible um is that look israelis are attacking the Palestinians and as a Muslim you're always going to feel that you're going to think look these Palestinians they're having their lands taken away from them there are people dying over there so if the media is saying there's some sort of a ceasefire between them I'm going to think is there really the is there you know if you can keep looking online and you'll see that look there's still stuff going on yet the, the big media outlets say oh there's a ceasefire you know they're okay but really it's still sort of all happening undercover so both you guys are dubious about the whole seat. Well, or I think all three of us are dubious about the ceasefire. Um, I mean, you, you, I think you, threw, you mentioned the word language there as well, didn't you? Um, and I think that's key, um, especially from the media um, and, and the reporting world. Uh, and I don't think it's unintentional. I think it is very intentional how they um, represent these situations, not just in Palestine, but you know, wherever it happens around the world, they do be very conscious I believe about the wording because that's that's their bread and butter isn't it to to portray in a particular light that they want to shine um which might not be reflective of the truth and you know calling this situation something like a war is very misrepresented because a, a war usually means you've you've got some sort of equal footing 
in terms of you know the battle element but really that's not the case i mean palestinians have got 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 homemade grenades rockets and 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 rocks and stones really uh compared to what israel have got you know fully kitted military outfits tanks bazookas weaponry all that kind of stuff all funded from various parts of the world so to call it a war is ever so slightly and i say that very cynically Mm. misrepresented yeah and you have to question what the uk's interest is in portraying this as a war as well there's a reason they're doing it i mean i don't know what that reason is i know they've got interests in israel uh, which is why they may need um, the media to make it look a certain way that it isn't um, because they need to favor israel um, because they have interests in israel but you know i don't know i I really don't know like how to deal with this situation because we live in a country where they're always going to do that i can't see there ever being a time where you can have you know millions and millions of people in the uk look at what happened with the iraq war you know all the protests all the people that were out on the streets they still went to war anyway you know so in my head i think to myself all these people can you know the people on your neighbors whatever they can have an opinion doesn't matter if the media want to make it look a certain way they will do but then look at the iraq war and what happened i mean look at tony blair and the way that people speak about him and that's his legacy is the iraq war that's how he's remembered i mean he did a lot of other things as well but he's remembered as being the architect for the iraq war on behalf of the uk well the architect from a british perspective Hmm. so um he gets remembered and mocked and cursed out for that so i I, I do think public opinion does hold um some gravity and i would say that actually that's the direction we need to be heading towards and for me seeing this what's happened recently is very different to what's happened in the past um the media hasn't changed one bit they're still reporting it as if it's still two equal entities you know fighting it out and even at my kids school as well so they watch news round which is a kiddies version of bbc news um and i watched a snippet of it just recently but that was because i asked them so what do you know about what's happening in israel and palestine and the way they described it was oh well it's a uh, it's it, it's a fight between two countries i said is that from news round or your teacher and they said, no, no, we've got bits of it from Newsroom, but our teacher said it's two countries going to war with each other. And that actually made me quite sad. I thought, well, I mean, I've had a look, look through the data. I've had a look through the statistics. I've had a look at um, what Israeli human rights organizations are saying, NGOs. These are Israeli, not Palestinian ones, not biased, you know, some Muslim organization. Yeah, this is Israeli organizations. These are un- objective people. This is international law. This is the UN. So, you know, people are saying that Israel is breaking the law, international law. Okay, committing atrocities, human rights violations. So all these things they've been accused of. So it's not, you know, it, you're comparing apples and oranges. So I think that's been the, yeah, go on. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to add, you know how you mentioned about the teacher um, saying that. Um, do you think that's like playing it safe? 
that they don't want because I can imagine other schools doing exactly the same thing whether you have an opinion or not I'm just wondering if that's the sort of the easy way around to explain what's going on I, and, and just to be clear I, I, I don't for a split second believe my children's teacher is doing anything malicious or trying to perpetrate anything um, any false narrative I don't think that for a second news round is supposed to be like the standard is supposed to be like gold standard for kids news so I just think it says more about people's ignorance than anything else. I think people that have a very basic understanding of what's happening believe it to be that. So I don't think there's anything malicious or harmful about people saying that. I think it just shows a lack of insight into what's happening on the ground. Yeah, I just worry that, you know, these days schools are a lot different to how they used to be. I feel like teachers have less control in what they are allowed to say, how they're allowed to teach. And I feel like personal opinion or even, you know, portraying what's actually happening in Israel and Palestine um, in the way where it shows that the Palestinians are the victims will somehow get back to the parents um depending on what sort of school you go to and then the parents will be complaining so well, why are they saying that you know the israelis killing all these palestinians and whatnot and then it can become a major issue for the school where parents call in and mm. you know complain to the head teacher and whatnot i don't want to dwell on the schooling thing too much okay but i agree with you to um in in terms of bringing bias and opinion into it i actually think that's a negative thing because if the shoe is on the other foot and there's an Israeli teacher, as an example, or somebody who's very supportive of Israel and their policies, um, if they gave a false narrative about why Israelis are just defending themselves and they've done absolutely nothing and they're completely innocent people who have done nothing to the Palestinians, um, I would be quite miffed at that. And that'd be somebody's, a, a teacher's personal opinion. So I wouldn't be happy with that. Therefore, I've, I've got to take issue with somebody um, bringing their opinion into it. However, somebody bringing facts, statistics, data, and backing things up is very different, right? So, I mean, naturally, you're going to get a bit of bias in everything. But I think trying to make the conflict sound like a level playing field is it's just not the case. Mm. I mean, I'll get into some of the data later. But um, this is not two countries going to war. It's not even complicated, I've heard that line a number of times as well. Wow, it's really complicated. Um, and, you know, people are dying on both sides. And, yeah, that's true. I think one one death is too too much. You know, if it's on the Israeli side, that's too much. One person dying. But the issue that I have is the narrative that's being promoted. And I think what's been different is that the public actually are being much more critical of the way it's been reported. And I think there's much more transparency in what's happening on the ground because the Palestinians you know, in Gaza, for example, they've got um, mobile phones. They can live stream to the whole world of what's happening when these bombings are taking place. So things are much more transparent now and we're not just having to rely on bloody BBC news to get all of our current affairs for our knowledge about the world. And yeah, just sort of drilling it down a little bit further, yeah, just some of the things that have happened um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very biased now, right? And just come out with my opinion, just be completely blunt. It's always pitched as a war between Israel and Hamas. And that really, yeah, that really grates on me because that's a Israeli sort of P 
PR propaganda type narrative. No, it's, it's bloody not. Israel will hold, yeah, it's never Palestinian, they'll never call it Palestine because that humanizes the people. Instead, if they use the term Hamas, yeah, you could stick in any sort of militant extremist terrorist. You could stick in, they may as well stick in ISIS. And that just really softens it. That makes it much more acceptable for them to go and bomb them back to the Stone Age and, you know, bomb a hospital, which the, a school, bomb a building of journalists, which, yeah, coincidentally, they have done in the past week. They've bombed all three of those. Yeah, so... I do, I do have a bit of an issue with that. Um, it's Israel versus the Palestinians is what it is. It's not Israel versus Hamas. I think it's uh, an interesting comparison. You mentioned Iraq earlier. Um, that wasn't portrayed as a war against Iraq itself. It was under the guise of uh, weapons of mass destruction, and that was, you know, the labelled enemy. So comparatively you know like you said they, they take it away from the focus of the people the civilization the innocent side of it uh and and put it against us i mean even after they finished that war they they said oh there's nothing here we've got it wrong and, and they didn't even do anything to fix it so uh, for all we know a similar outcome will end up happening with this at some point very good point yeah i mean it happened in iraq how people just got dehum dehumanized which makes it much easier to report on it and we don't think of them as humans they're they're sort of subhuman they're almost like animals i mean less than animals and even here as well whenever pal and this isn't bbc as well this is news round this is news round this is what kids are being taught is israel versus palestinian militants who are using that term and i thought wow what a way to dehumanize <laughs> a whole population by saying palestinian militants because there's never been a, a good militant ever nobody's ever used the term militant for for a worthy cause you know there's been freedom fighters and whatnot but nobody's ever used that term militant with something positive it always has a negative connotation and that made me really sad well, um, extremism isn't it yeah, so the, the, it, it can't immediately, you're already brandishing those people as something really bad, right? So, it, it, and it's awful how Israel just collectively punishes all Palestinians, right? So, I mean, you know, schools, hospitals, everything. And I've actually got some data as well on um, the amount of, so Israel has this policy of if you, if a Palestinian has attacked a Israeli civilian or anyone from the Israel, um, sorry, the Israeli military or a civilian from an Israeli civilian, that person's house, that Palestinian's house is destroyed. Right. So you imagine you, you know, you got a bit of a nutter family member who goes and commits a crime or does something. OK. And you end up having your home bulldozed as a result of it, which internationally, again, it breaks international laws. But, you know, there's been how many? So uh, 19. Uh, sorry, not 19. 270 homes that have been demolished, 1300 people that have been left homeless as a result of that. So these are families of Palestinians that have been accused of attacking either Israelis or the Israeli military. 
270 homes and that's 150 children young children that have been made homeless as a result of that policy right so it, it, it's israel has this perception of collective punishment where they can dish it out so i think language is very important so just to round off that point language is very important i think we need to hold our media and people to account when they use this false narrative that gets propagated you know you've got we've got mps like sajid javid who's posting tweets about what happens if we were being attacked by rockets by extremists you know you would expect us to fight back <laughs> and then there's a whole barrage of responses to that tweet saying yeah well i mean if we'd subjugated oppressed you know created laws to bully these people and they shot a rocket back that's that's a completely different thing i think it's an interesting narrative um and when you think about it and, and how long this whole thing's been going on um and i'm talking literally decade after decade if it really was a, a battle or war or you know whatever you want to term it um against um a militia group let's call it hamas then you know there's such little land of palestine left at the moment um why have israel then failed to just kind of go in and do almost like a sweep find these guys and take them out and then say right they're gone we've taken them out and therefore anybody's left is innocent there's no more need to fight you know? because they keep on it it's a brilliant excuse for yeah, exactly there's a yeah. higher narrative behind it isn't it and, and and they will always use that line as well about human shields at Hamas. They shoot rockets out of residential buildings, which, you know, gives Israel a perfect excuse to go and bomb a whole building of people, you know, of families because, oh, well, Hamas shot a rocket from there, which ends up never being true. But and if they did that just, rocket, it probably just knocked over a lamppost or something. Yeah, and, and, and pure thuggery. I mean, just taking the statistics, I mean, I'll move on to the second point. So first point, language being very important, okay? And we need to be careful we don't get sucked into this false narrative and we need to, um, and, and, and you know, everything we say as well, don't just take it at face value. Go and have a look into it. That's fine. Um, but we need to hold our media to account because they're still pushing this, even though public opinion is changing, in my opinion, I believe. So second point was this disproportionate treatment, which we've already talked about briefly, but just the numbers from the past few weeks, 248 Palestinians have been killed by Israel. Okay, 248, many, 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 many more have lost their homes and many more have been injured. 66 of those of the 248 are children. And I feel awful just mentioning numbers because these are just statistics now. These are real human beings. Okay, 248 in the past few weeks. On the Israeli side, 12 people have been killed by Hamas rockets. 12. 248 versus 12. So for every one Israeli, there's been 20 Palestinians that have been killed. Okay? It's wrong on both sides. The 12 that have died, that have been killed on the Israeli side, that's wrong. That shouldn't happen. One is too many on either side. Right, not to sort of dismiss any of those deaths. 72,000 Palestinians have been left homeless as a result of the past few weeks, and that's been reported by the Jerusalem Post. Beit Salem, the uh, Israeli human rights NGO, they've done a detailed study about um, people that have been displaced, displaced, sorry, um, 
Israeli settlements are a real issue in the West Bank. And then we've got Gaza, where um, there's been a number of people that have been evicted, kicked out of their homes. And that's one of the things that triggered um, these rockets was what happened at Al-Aqsa and what happened with the, with the Israeli settlements is that they keep on grabbing land and evicting Palestinian families that have lived there for centuries. They're getting kicked out of their homes because of these Israeli settlers who just pretty much walk in and take everything from them. So this is happening under our noses and we can't stay silent. I did want to get to the third point as well, but I don't think it was that important. That's fine. But th those two, if I can just hit those home, there's disproportionate treatment and we need to be careful about the language that gets used, right? And we don't want to be in inadvertently pushing this false narrative or accepting this false narrative from media outlets in this country or anybody. And we should help inform people around us, think, yeah, people like our teachers, and we should call it for what it is, an apartheid. And that's not me saying it, that's the uh, Israeli human rights NGO, Beit Salem, right? That's them that have said that it's an apartheid. Okay, so that was it. I, I just want to cover those two points and just hit them home, inshallah. Um, and the ceasefire, do you know what? Palestinians' plight is going to continue, unfortunately, and we need to create awareness about that. How you do that, if you want to give charity, boycott Israeli goods, if you want to go on protests, that's fine. Write to your MP, whatever it is, go and do whatever it is um, to create an awareness about this. And hopefully, inshallah, we can call out this apartheid for what it is. And in 100 years' time, we can say to, well, we're not going to be around, but our great-grandkids can be proud of what we've done um, during this time. Okay, so inshallah, hopefully I'll leave it there. If you've got any comments, absolutely anything you want to share with us, share your opinion. If you agree, disagree, you want to add anything, drop us an email at verbaloutpost at outlook.com. Is it .com? Yeah, perfect. So verbaloutpost at outlook.com. Drop us an email, share your thoughts. You've been listening to the Verbal Outpost. Thank you for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.